0: to be. This is small-town music. This is big-town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song a song
1: a song Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and today is your Monday bonus episode, and joining me In the uh, new rock-solid office studio is my wife, Pilar Alessandra. Hello, honey. Hello. It is Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. Yes. You were going to sleep in.
2: This is, you know, sort of sleeping in. I don't Mm, know. Not really. Had to wake up at 6 yesterday to teach a class in India at 7 a.m. So I'm feeling pretty good that I could just wake up and not have to do anything. Except this, which is fun. And you got
1: the whole way to India and back in, what, two hours?
2: Yeah. It's pretty
1: great. That was, that was pretty wild. When we were dating, how late would we sleep in on a Sunday?
2: Oh, man, those were the good old days. Because you, you were dating me who had never gotten up past uh, before 11 o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday. Like, never. Like, my friends knew not to call me. You were still kind of an early bird. But, you, but yeah, and we could just stay in bed. But
1: you didn't go to you didn't go to bed super late.
2: No, but no, I just I just loved sleep, You'd sleep
1: like twelve hours. I know, like midnight to noon. Oh, I just can't do it anymore. So I need good. I need to. Uh, if I wake up for a second, I start to think, what are some of the things I need to do? Me too. Oh, and I gotta get up.
2: It sucks. It's you know, it's nope. like you wake up with grown up panic. I hate it. I <laughs> hate it.
1: Here's my schedule for today. Okay, what? I had to get up and uh, I had to prepare prepare for this podcast. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'm recording with Murray in a couple hours. Yep. I had to prepare for that podcast. Yep. Uh, We have flooring is going to be put in Ezra's room tomorrow, so I need to do some touch-up painting in there.
0: Man stuff.
1: Then your friend Kathleen's coming over. You guys are going to hang by the pool. It's going to be 108 degrees.
2: Yeah, at four, she's coming
1: yeah. over. Uh, it's still going to be 108 at four. Yeah. And uh, you've enlisted me to make my ties...
2: Your life is not that hard. I mean, none, none of this. It's really I'm sorry. bad stuff. It's I'm going to really compare difficult. this with my day. From Wait a 2nd I'm not even done. I'm just, not even done. Yeah, no. Done. Okay. Then at nine
1: o'clock, I got to get on Zoom and play poker with my oh, oh, comedian oh, friends.
2: Oh, it's a lot of stuff. I have to podcast with my friend, and then it's it's I have so to play hard. poker with my other friends. I have to so make difficult. my ties. Like, come on, man! But it's really but difficult. I but I the the handyman work you have been doing though has been amazing. Like all of. Uh, to be in this coronavirus situation and then have our house constantly be improving and all these cool things happening because Pat's like doing tons of projects
1: is is cool. I'm carrying some moving stuff around, lifting stuff, yeah. hauling it out.
2: Yeah, that is that is cool. So I Look, will when you have floor, totally give you When
1: yours. you have floors put in, you have to remove every single thing from that said room.
2: Yeah, and you do it all by and yourself. That, and
1: then I, then I tore up... The carpeting, I tore up the old hardwood floor. Yep, yep. Swinging a hammer. Yeah. It's like working on a chain gang. It's hot. Yeah. (laughs) It's hot. (laughs) It is hot. It's 108. All right, so today, your birthday was just four days ago. Three days. And today's uh, September 6th. Wow. It's four days ago. Four
2: days already? Yeah.
1: Four days from the time we're recording.
2: What happened to the week? Yep. Disappears getting older. I'm four days older already.
1: By the way, our, our youngest is catching up on all the sleep that we used to get.
2: Oh, my good
1: Lord. <laughs> all right. So four days ago, and then you asked if you could record the podcast. You wanted to do a story of my life episode.
2: Well, no. It, it, I had heard about the story of my life thing. I'd never – I didn't know you could do that. That just you sounded really easy and fun. Do whatever And you so want. I'd always kind of wanted to do it. And then I hadn't been on the show for a while which I get because you know I kind of slow it down, and then that's not true. You know, that's every okay, wait a second. And stop, and I stop, know,
1: stop. I know nothing no, no, about stop. music. I'm turn your mic down. I know,
2: but I don't. I know nothing about music. I'm gonna turn your and mic so down. So then I was like, you know what would be fun? if you do one of those things. And then
1: okay, so Pilar always thinks I've turned her mic down. She always thinks that she's bringing the show to a halt, and then I tell her that everyone likes when you're on the show, and then she doesn't believe me. So. Send me an email and I'll pass it on to her because she doesn't believe it.
2: Turn me, up, turn me
1: back up. Hold on a second.
2: And then, so I mentioned, I sort of mentioned this. And then I changed my mind because I was like, oh, no, too much to do. And, and, you know, that's silly. And if Pat really wanted one, he'd ask and all this stuff, right? So then Pat goes and does this thing that he always does. And then he just tells everybody, tells yes, all you, you guys. And then I was stuck that it. That locks you in. That and locks you into so, it. so, so. So, I announced
1: it last week that the Monday bonus episode this week would be you. And so, I,
2: blame Pat. Okay, so that's it.
1: Okay, Because I get in my head a schedule, and so once you say, hey, I want to do this, I go, great, we'll do it for Monday, and then I announce it so you can't back out like, of it. I was like,
2: oh, no, no, yeah, I gotta- so you had to do it. Okay, so, but um, that said, um, I, well, I should just tell, I should just warn everybody, be prepared for
1: some uh, geek fest. Are you going to cry? I saw your song list. Are you going to cry at any of these?
2: Am I going to cry? You heard me. Am I going to cry? You heard me. Have you met you? Because I think the question is always, are you going to cry? Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm ready to get started.
1: (laughs) You're not the host. Oh, sorry. Um, Are we going to go for a hike after this? Because.
2: No, it's 114 degrees. It's not 114
1: degrees degrees right now. It's 830 a.m.
2: Well, if so it,
1: when we're done with this in, in an hour, we could go and get our steps
2: in. Yes, if it's in an hour for sure. Has any podcast of yours ever been an hour? <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: Mike Siegel and I last week <laughs> went through the entire Joe Jackson catalog in ninety minutes and we before we started we said, Let's get this done in ninety minutes. Wow. That was a week from right now because we wanted to go uh swim and, and have Mike cook for us.
2: Congratulations. It took 500 podcasts and you, you were able to to There's whittle it down podcasts. to an hour and a
1: half. It's a lot of podcasts in are 90 minutes. Episodes in are 90 minutes. Okay, let's start it up. Okay. What's your first song? Introduce it. Tell us about it.
2: Alright, so I'm starting the story of my life, right? I'm starting when I was really young. My first influential album, telling you, it's a nerd fest, was Free to Be You and Me. I I think it was 1974, Um, I was six years old.
1: It's a Marlo Thomas
2: project? Wait, I don't remember how old I was. No, it was 1972, I was six years old. Mm -hmm. And so I want to explain a couple things. My mom got Ms. Magazine, okay? And in it were always these little um, stories for children.
1: I have to stop you. You need to explain what Ms. Magazine is because a lot of people might not know what that
2: is. It's kind of... It's kind of what it sounds like. It was a feminist magazine of its time, um, edited by um, Gloria Steinem. And uh, and my mom would get it because she was, you know, feminist in the 70s. And in it was always these little children's stories right in the middle of it, like stories for ch- free children. And so there were there were music and uh, there was lyrics and some music to something called Free to Be and You and Me, which had not come out yet. Okay. Okay. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this is, you know, she'd always tear this out for me, and I wanted to hear the music. And I really, you know, I don't know. I liked, you know, I was always singing and stuff.
1: You liked the lyrics, and then you wanted to hear. I wanted to hear how the music. it
2: went. Right. So, m- my mom asked her friend, who was in law school with her, okay, um, this guy Ken, to plunk this out on the piano for me, okay. Now, that guy...
1: So, wait. The lyrics were written, but also the musical notes were written? Also some of the musical notes. All right. Okay.
2: So, he plunks this out on the piano for me. That guy, Ken, her friend from... Yeah. (laughs) His name is Ken Ludwig. Now, any musical theater fan, okay, who um, hears the name Ken Ludwig will know exactly who I'm talking about. But I wrote down some stuff. He's done Lend Me a Tenor. He did... Um, the uh, Broadway version of, um, I didn't, didn't write this down, uh, tw- Tom Sawyer. Okay. Ken, Ken Ludwig became a huge Broadway composer and writer. Wow. Huge. In fact, his big claim to fame was a musical called Crazy for You. Does that sound familiar? No. Well, it should because your daughter was the star oh, of it? Yes, in in Golden Theater, so, she had so many shows. She had the lead in Crazy for You.
1: I absolutely remember
2: it. Yeah, and what was her character? I think it was Peggy. She was. I think that Peggy. was Peggy. Oh, it was no, that was before. It was another like. It was like Annie or Peggy. She was like she was she was the lead. Remember, she was like the cowgirl who, and yes. then Sam comes in and he's from of course from Broadway, I remember it's my child, right? So anyway, <laughs> so I mean, many shows I love stuff like that, like. Oh my god That guy became Ken Ludwig He also had a massive Crush on my mom So Anyway Is he your father? I I kind of wish But anyway What does he
1: look like? Does he look Is he dark complected And black hair?
2: No If you met my dad You know he's my dad You know Hmm. But But Anyway So that was What was so cool The guy who plunked this out On the piano for me Okay And taught me Some of these songs Was Ken Ludwig And then But of course I don't know that Then I I just—he's no slouch. He's just my mom's friend kid. So then I get this album "Free to Be You and Me," and it has sketches on it with with Marlo Thomas and Alan Alda and Mel Brooks, and it's got these great songs, and they're funny and smart. And I memorize the entire thing and perform it ad nauseum for anybody who will watch
1: me. You do the entire special in your living room for people.
2: Oh, and in my backyard and in my kitchen with all my friends for my relatives, for my mother, to the point where my mother was like, do you know anything else that was that was my mom's uh, reaction? Was, did
1: your mom After grow up in Downton Abbey?
2: Well, you know my mom. I do, but the people don't. You know she she talks a little bit like let me, that. Let me ask do you something. Do you know anything mm-hmm. else? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Let me ask you something about performing this for you to be you and me. Yeah. Is I'm thinking some Patreon content.
2: Well, actually,
1: could you could you do would you perform it in our living room and I could film that?
2: I brought a script. For written by Carl Reiner, and you have two copies of this. I have two copies. Why? Because it's the opening, it's the opening sketch in it. I can't read. You totally can. It's called Boy Meets Girl, and it's when these two little little babies meet in the hospital. Now here's the thing. I'm tearing it up. Here, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. You know, we have our bad printer, so so um, it, it doesn't have parts on it. It's you have to like. It's like, that's you, that's me, that's mm-hmm. you, that's me, okay? Yeah. So as long as you just follow along Now look,
1: and we don't, don't have, first interrupt. First of all, we don't have a bad printer. We just have bad ink.
2: Well, okay, whatever. And so don't interrupt, okay? And then you have to keep going. Now, the person who played this, your part originally, God. was Mel Brooks, okay? This
1: is, this is three pages. It
2: goes really quickly. Ready? Go ahead. Starts I- with...
1: Am I the first? Hi? Yeah.
2: You've never heard this before? I
1: have heard it, but I don't have it memorized. Okay.
2: Hi. Hi.
1: No. Oh, wait. There's two highs.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Let's take it from the top. Okay. Hi. Hi. I'm a baby.
2: Well, what do you think I am? A loaf of bread?
1: You could be. What do I know? I'm just born. I'm a baby. I don't even know if I'm under a tree or in a hospital or what. I'm just so glad to be here. Well, I'm a baby, too. Have it your own way. I don't want to fight about it. What? Are you scared? Yes, I am. I'm a little scared. I'll tell you why. You see, I don't know if I'm a boy or a girl yet.
2: What's that got to do with it?
1: Well, if you're a boy and I'm a girl, you can beat me up. You think I want to lose my tooth on the first day alive? What's a tooth? Search me. I'm just born. I'm a baby. I don't know nothing yet. You think you're a girl? I don't know. I might be. I think I am. I've never been anything before. Let me see. Let me take a look around. Hmm. Cute feet. Small. Dainty. Yep. Yep. I'm a girl. That's it. Girl time
2: what do you think I am?
1: You, that's easy. You're a boy. You sure? Of course I'm sure. I'm alive already four or five minutes, right? I haven't been wrong yet. Gee, I don't feel like a boy. That's because you can't see yourself.
2: Why? What do I look like?
1: Bald. You're bald, fella. Bald, bald, bald. You're bald as a ping pong ball. You're bald. So? So boys are bald and girls have hair. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Who's bald? Your mother or your father? My father. Rest my case.
2: Hmm. You're bald, too. You're kidding. No, I'm not. Don't look. Why? Ugh, a bald girl. Yuck, disgusting. Maybe you're a boy and I'm a girl.
1: There you go again. I told you. I'm a girl. I know it. I know it. I'm a girl and you're a boy. I think you're wrong. I am never wrong about shaving.
2: (laughs) What about shaving?
1: What about it? You just shaved, right? Wrong. Exactly. And you know why? Because everyone's born with a clean shave. It's just that girls keep theirs and boys don't. What does that prove? Uh, tomorrow morning, the one that needs a shave, he's a boy.
2: Well, I can't wait until tomorrow morning.
1: See, that proves it. Girls are patient, boys are impatient.
2: Yeah? What else?
1: Can you keep a secret?
2: Absolutely.
1: There you go. Boys keep secrets, girls don't.
2: Hmm. Go on.
1: Are you afraid of mice? No. I am. I'm terrified of them. I hate them. Squeak, squeak, squeak. What do you want to be when you finally grow up? A fireman. What'd I tell you. How about you? Cocktail waitress. Does that prove anything to you?
2: Hmm. You must be right.
1: I told you, I'm always right. You're a boy and I'm the girl.
2: I guess so. <gasps> Ooh, wait, here comes the nurse to change our diapers. About time. I've never been so
1: uncomfortable in my life.
2: Hey, look at that. What? You see that? I am a girl and you're a boy.
1: Hey, sure looks like it.
2: What do you think of that?
1: Can't understand it.
2: Well, it sure goes to show ya. What? You can't judge a book by its cover.
1: Ha <laughs> what does that mean? How should I know? I'm only a baby. So am I. Goo...
2: You did that very well. Well,
1: I was channeling uh Carl Reiner when he was fifty six.
2: That was like that was like a fantasy of mine. What was? To to be able to do this again. To have a
1: cold reading.
2: Boy meets girl. Thank you. That You're was welcome. very good. Although I have to say that at the time, when it was always like, oh, they're changing our diapers and stuff, I didn't really understand what that meant. Like it is kind of weird. It's like, oh look, you have a penis.
0: <laughs>
1: like that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, but he but, didn't. Uh, he didn't write, "You have a penis." Right. He just let it let it be.
2: Right, right. But it's it's that is big. The big reveal of all this. It's uh, very uh...
1: <laughs> free to be you and my penis. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: So, what's your first song?
2: Oh, so uh, so this is the opening to "Free to Be You and Me," but I spared you the original, and this is a cover by Sarah Bareilles.
1: And this is from uh, 2020.
2: Yeah, she just she just covered it.
1: Wonder our, why she did that. Wonder for, if she has kids for her kids.
2: Yeah, maybe, and for our times. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, during lockdown, you will record just about anything.
0: There's a land that I see where the people are free, and I say.
1: be honest when i was reading that script i think i am a girl because a lot of of a, a lot of the stuff in there that he said see that's a girl i gotta be honest that was uh that was that was me
2: this is a conversation you and i could have yeah actually yep.
1: now i'm looking at your list and i just um uh I feel like we're turning this into musical theater solid today. There
2: is some, a lot of musical theater I just
1: want to occasionally add some rock in.
2: Okay. (laughs) Since you're
1: from Boston, I'm going to throw some Aerosmith in there.
2: Just to do it. Just to rock it up.
1: Just to rock it up. (laughs) This is Sick as a Dog from the album Rocks. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? All right. Oh. Sick
2: a a Yeah. Just from
1: I, time to time, I might throw uh, some rock in there.
2: I totally get why you're doing that because I really, what I'm about to give you, it just gets worse. So this it is- It
1: just gets worse. Don't say that. People are t- t- tuning out right <laughs> so now.
2: So here's the deal. So I, you know, one of the reasons that I'm so behind on music in my life is because Really, all that I ever listened to was show tunes. Mm -hmm. That's fun. I like, you know, early, early on, just all I wanted to do was sing and dance and act. So, um, when I found the album for West Side Story in my parents' stuff, I put it on and never stopped. I mean, that was another one that was just on and on and on and on. And I ended up, when I was uh, acting, sort of bummed because i i got to do a lot of cool parts but i never got to play anita because i was never i'm never a good enough dancer for anita and for maria forget it it was too high for me so i was always a shark girl but i was constantly a shark girl because look at me right so i played like every shark girl
1: are the shark girls the bad girls
2: they're the yes honey Mm -hmm. no they're not the bad girls they're they're uh the puerto rican gang girls you were Rizzo. Didn't you play Rizzo? Yeah, I played a lot of leads and a lot of things. But, That's in Greece, but in, everybody. Right. But in but in West Side Story, nothing, right? So I would just dance with the mm-hmm. shark girls and sing with the shark girls. But I happen to know every everything in West Side Story, like all the instrumental, all that stuff. So it is a parlor trick that I can pull out anytime that you want.
1: Patreon content.
2: Um, but anyway, so, so I would put on this album and the first... I think this is after the overture. Um, you hear the song. This is Tony's song on the hey, album. Hey, Tony! On the album, he is only the most gorgeous boy who's on the, the planet. Who's the actor? I don't know who the actor is. All I right. just loved him. I just saw that face. But anyway, so this is him singing. Something's coming, and this is made my heart flutter.
0: know right away soon as it shows it'd make them cannonballing down through the sky gleaming its eye bright as a rose who knows it's only just out of reach down the block on a beach under a tree i got a feeling there's a miracle you gonna come true coming to
2: me
1: you just give me the sign, and I'll I'll fade it down.
2: Yes, it could. Something's,
1: something's coming. Something's. good.
2: Oh my god! Doesn't that I make you excited?
1: Yeah, this is from 1961. It's uh, three predates me by three years. Oh it makes me so excited. By the way, I wanted to say a little bit of something about Greece. Um,
2: it's not Greece. It was West Side Story. I know Side that's Story. West Side
1: Story, but you played Rizzo in Greece, and I just twice. Went, I, yeah, twice. You know, Stockard 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 Channing Stockard Channing. Was the age that you are now when she played uh, uh, Rizzo in she the movie? She was not.
2: She was she not was. the age yeah. I am now. God, but no, she was too old. They all were. Yeah, they all were. That was so Hey, this so is uh,
1: this is uh, the band Boston from Boston. This is Peace <laughs> of Mind. <laughs>
2: All right, you're so funny. You're so funny. I I get the palette cleanse. I Rock do.
0: it
1: up. Like we don't it. need a palette cleanse. I'm just uh, I'm just adding some <laughs> texture to it. I want Carrie Scott to have to uh, record a lot more, log a lot more song titles. Oh, no, there than you she go. does.
2: Thank you, Carrie. Um. So, do you want to know the next one? Or I'm sorry. I, it's hard because I've been podcasting up here mm-hmm. for s- so many podcasts in a row. Yeah. That. I'm, it's so hard for me not to be moving on the show, so I'll
1: I will. Yeah, you actually have uh, you actually have like three episodes in the can, yeah, which is rare for you. I know. Normally, you're like, oh my god, I need a podcast for Friday. <laughs> what's today? It's Wednesday.
2: No, coronavirus has made made me much more on schedule with this.
1: We got all the equipment here. Now.
2: Yep. All right.
1: So, what's your next song?
2: So, um, I because I wanted to be a performer, I became obsessed. My next, next obsession. <laughs> was the movie Fame, of course, which I loved and I was so jealous. And you know, the person I was most jealous of, believe it or not, was my mother. My mother went to the high school of performing arts. It
1: sounds like it's uh, like it's uh, um, like a therapy session today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's about my life, right? All right. Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is about your life. So, so my mom went to the high school of performing arts. Um, and that's what fame is about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's now LaGuardia High School. Actually, fun fact. Um,
1: <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> it
2: is a fun fact. Is it? Is that uh, my mom went to the high school of performing arts. My dad went to the high school of music and art, and they met on the subway going to high school, okay? Okay. And now LaGuardia High School is the combination of the high school of performing arts and the high school of music and art. Okay. So they made me, you could call me LaGuardia. Get it? Cause those two, those two.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't call you that.
2: And those two high schools combined and like they made something and they, anyway, so, um, can, can
1: you tell why your name's Pilar? Oh,
2: well, my name is Pilar. My parents were traveling in Europe when I was conceived. Mm-hmm. They named me after everything that they thought was pretty they saw pilar in the newspaper in mm-hmm. spain and then alessandra my middle name um was the street that i was conceived on in go. italy there you go there's they named me after a street there um and go. then i i lopped off my last name when i was 18 because it has a bad alliteration
1: rita's middle name would have been genesee
2: i know <laughs> i know this is kind of like isn't isn't your porn name like the street that you were on <laughs> You lived know. on. I'm pretty sure. I think it's the first name of your your first pet, mm-hmm. and then the street you live on.
1: That's my porn name. Yeah, I'm I, Crackers Wayne.
2: Right. Yeah. I'm pretty All sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, um, back to uh, so this is out here on my own from fame with Irene Cara, who I thought I would uh, I would be. <laughs> And she's, she plays Coco. <laughs> she plays Coco. She was the coolest.
1: All right, let's hear it. Play song.
0: Sometimes I wonder where I've been. Who I am. Do I fit in? Make-believing is hard alone. Out here on my own We're always proving Who we are Always reaching For that rising star To guide me far And shine me home Out here on That enough? Yeah, sure. You gotta tell me.
2: I have to tell you? Oh, okay. Okay. So, so, oh, I'm sorry. I, sh- I didn't realize I was supposed to cue you. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, oh, there she is, Irene Cara, at the piano, uh, playing this in front of this like slightly chubby Paul Rudd looking dude who is <laughs> completely like smitten by her um, because she like wrote this too. And... I loved her so much that I um, actually home permed my hair oh, to no. look like Irene Cara and actually ended up looking like Roseanne, Rosanna Dana, but, and so it goes. And then later on, when she did What a Feeling for a Flash Dance, mm-hmm. you know, again, it just, it like just rocked my world. And then when I was singing on The Spirit of Boston when I was 18 years old as a, as a singing waitress. This was my song. And I would go up and I would sing this song. I would sing out here on my own. And it was hilarious because now looking back at it, like when you're on this like cruise ship, this little day cruise ship, all you want to do is get drunk and like see the ocean, you know, and I'm up there singing out here on my own, like (laughs) belting my heart out, you know, and just thinking that like everybody is all eyes are on me, you know, and like nobody gave a crap. Hilarious.
1: I'm sure someone cared.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I think my grandmother came on the, on the boat once, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I just loved that and I loved fame and I wanted to go to that high school. But the, my problem was I was going to Winchester High School in Winchester, Massachusetts, which couldn't have been farther away from the coolness <laughs> of, of fame. Now, our daughter, our oldest daughter, Ezra, went to Ch- uh, Champs. Right. That was an arts school, performing arts school, in an urban area of Los Angeles.
1: Even though Ezra isn't uh, a singer-dancer.
2: Right, but um, was a, a photographer and loved media. And, it, and to go to this school, we go in and tour. And I don't know if you remember, we're in the hallway and I start to cry. Yeah.
1: You never know what is going to happen, folks. But when it does, you're, you're, you're caught off guard.
2: Yeah, exactly. And Ezra was like, why are you crying at my school tour? <laughs> Stop it. And it was because I realized my oldest daughter was getting to go to the high school I always wanted to go to.
1: They were living your dream.
2: They were. It was the best.
1: Now, when you're in Boston... And you're on a ship and you're getting drunk, Mm -hmm. what you want to listen to (laughs) is a little bit of Jay Giles' band. (laughs) Irene Kara, I think I said that she was Coco in fame, right?
2: She was Coco. She had uh,
1: she had problems when it was time to get some headshots taken. Correct?
2: <gasps> Is that all you remember?
1: <laughs> that's because that's you're the part that, creepy, that I'm creepy, terrible person make, that I make fun of. Oh. Uh, now you're wearing yeah. your nerd T-shirt today.
2: I am wearing my. Did p-
1: you sleep in that T-shirt last night? Yeah,
2: my piano note. Um, piano
1: note. Spell that.
2: P i a n o t e.
1: So it's piano. And then the word note, you put them together, piano.
2: Amazing online piano classes. Can't recommend it enough. Um, Yes. Okay.
1: Because you've been uh, reintroducing the piano into your life as of December.
2: Because I want to be like Coco and Mm -hmm. I want to learn out here on my own on the piano. I'm going to tell you
1: something. You need some headshots. So maybe later (laughs) we take some, uh, we do some headshots. (laughs) Could I see a little more shoulder? Let's move on. I'm waiting.
2: Oh, 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 I'm supposed to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're, you,
1: this so, is the story of your life.
2: Because I loved fame so much, <laughs> one thing that the fame kids did was they went out to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, cool. And so for, I think it was my 13th birthday. I'm trying to figure out the years here. Yeah. No, no, no. It might've been like 14th birthday. I took all my friends. Uh, I had a sleep, sleepover and I brought the friends to the midnight Rocky horror pictures. And Show.
1: how old were you when you saw it? Fourteen. It's rated R. How'd you get in?
2: Um, actually my mom had all the parents sign permission slips. Because well, you know mom my mom attorney. as far as right. Exactly. All exactly. Right, that makes sense. Like she didn't care that like like all this partying was going on at her house, frankly, during high school. But when it came to actually like partying at fourteen? Oh, you don't even want to know. It's a it's a whole other podcast. I'm
1: so glad we have good children.
2: Anyway, so so yeah, so we go. We go uh, to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and of course, I loved it because uh, you know, yeah. And and again, going full circle with Ezra loving the Rocky Horror Picture Show they the way love that it. they do, they and love they go it. to the midnight show all the time. And then, as soon as coronavirus gets clears, that's what uh, Ezra wants to do with Rita is take take her yeah. to the
1: Rocky Horror, Picture which Show. which Rita is the age when I saw it fifteen. Ah, 15. Yes. All right, so we're queuing up Time Warp? Yep. I love this song.
0: It's astounding. Time is fleeting.
1: Madness takes its toll.
0: But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to... Keep control.
2: To the left. Yeah.
1: That's the narrator. Where's your fucking neck? <laughs> remember, uh, remember when the kids were little and we would always have those Kids Bop CDs.
2: Oh yeah, they were. Are you gonna put those on?
1: This is the Kids Bop version.
0: It's a
2: dream. <laughs> oh God.
0: So you can't see.
1: It's not terrible.
0: No. no. Not at all. No. better
1: than they usually are.
0: Dimension. With you I see all. With a bit of a
2: mind flip.
1: Your I wonder if they say dimension. pelvic thrust in this song. Oh, I don't she just said voy- uh, voyeuristic. <laughs> I can't say that. Voyeuristic. Voyeuristic intentions. Usually these kids bought things, they change the lyrics.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was probably too sophisticated yeah. for them.
1: <laughs> probably.
2: So, because I was obsessed with musical theater, that's mm-hmm. all that I did. Okay, to the point, and and all theater because I was like just I ate up plays. I uh, you know like that was all that I did. Right? Question. Yeah.
1: Did you ever go to the uh, to what do they call the uh, the um, public transportation there? What do you call it? The T. The T. Yeah, do you ever go down to the T. Throw your hat out and uh, busk a little bit?
2: I wanted to. I wanted to, but I couldn't play anything. So um, no, I Just didn't sing a cappella. I didn't. But also, I had a lot of singing jobs and stuff like that. But anyway, so in in high school, um, mm-hmm. I would literally like comb the auditions, and I would show up for things even though I was only like sixteen years old. And a lot of, sometimes people didn't know I was sixteen years old, and I'd still get cast in a play. Like I got. I did a play about single bar, singles bars. Okay. Where I sat sat on a stool and sang something, an original composition called "Easy Come, Easy Go." <laughs> when I was sixteen, at a theater in Boston.
1: Yeah, this is so wrong.
2: I know, but that's all that I wanted to do. Um, and then I just like I hated school. I hated everybody in it. I would always blow off school. So I had like. Bad grades, but I did all this stuff. So because I did all this theater, I applied for only one college, even though I lied to my mother and I said I, <laughs> I applied to others. So it too, it's a mistake too to me apply for one. Yeah, it's, it was Emerson College, and I thought, oh yeah, sure, of course, I'll just get in because I'm like Miss Performer. Look at my performing resume, right? So no, I didn't get in. Um, a, a fun fun fact is that uh, last week I found out Emerson uh, grad school is using my book in their film studies. That's cool. Yeah. I was really psyched. I'm like, Ha-ha! but anyway, honey, would that be the coffee break screenwriter? That would be the coffee breaks, w- sc- coffee break screenwriter. Is that uh, the second edition? Is uh, that that would recommended- be the second edition. Yes. But anyway, so they, so I, now I don't have a school that I'm going to, and I'm can't tell anybody I have nothing to do. So I, so I'm dating. So my, so my boyfriend at the time, we go to a college party his brother went to this college and it was Bard College. Okay. And we're, you know, partying at Bard and A lot of partying. A yeah, lot of, a lot of partying. A lot of stuff
1: you're not supposed to be and doing at that age.
2: So I don't know who I talked to there, and they said, Well I went, Oh, this is kind of cool here. This is in New York State. And they said, Uh, you should you should totally apply. You can just go and interview, you know, and I was like, I haven't applied officially. They, oh, it's rolling admissions. You should just, just go in and interview. So the next morning I'm completely hungover. Okay. and I go and I interview for this school, Bard College. Are
1: you wearing some big Jackie Onassis sunglasses?
2: I don't know what I was wearing, but I'm sure I didn't smell good, you know? And so, so. Or now. So I, I go in and I remember they looked at my, at my grades and how they got my Mm -hmm. transcript. I've, don't know how. And they, they, uh, they were like, yeah, you can't get in here, you know? <laughs> and, and I gave what them- What were
1: your grades? Tell me what your grades would have been. What w-
2: I think probably the highest would have been like, like a C in, in because I really, I just- you, The highest grade in high school? You no, were, no, that's not true. You didn't have any B's or A's? No, I had like, uh, I probably had- I married uh, a sweat hog. I had like a, a high B <laughs> in English because I really like, I always, you know, mm. did well in that, right? But math- I mean, all that kind of stuff. I, 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 I'm I, telling you, I blew off school. It's crazy. So this. anyway, so I talked my way in because the guy was like, yeah, no. And I said, you're only concentrating on what I didn't do. Let's talk about what I have done. And I remember giving him this whole speech. That's unbelievable. And I got into Bard College.
1: That sounds like some bullshit. I it
2: was do. such BS. And I got in. So this school, Bard, just happens to be where... The guys from Steely Dan went, mm-hmm. and the song My Old School is about Bard College.
1: I guess that was the intro to the song.
2: Yeah.
0: I remember the 35 sweet when you put
2: me on the wolverine of and there.
1: I do love this song you like it yeah
2: well now i do when your daddy was quite surprised
0: to find you with the working girls in the county jail i was smoking with the boys upstairs when
1: Dan is.
2: Is, is it like a sex thing? It's a dildo. Ew. Well, I didn't even know about that song until I got to Bard. And of course, it was everybody's anthem. They mm-hmm. thought it was the coolest. And uh, Annadale, uh, Bard is in Annadale on in the Hudson, in New York State. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really found my people there. Although I did end up transferring to follow my boyfriend to my state school, but there I got to do lots of musical theater, which I wasn't able to do in Bard. Let's, and I, I got to play uh, uh, Audrey in Little Shop, so that was cool.
1: Let's uh, let's double way way back because you kind of you kind of I'm surprised this song wasn't on your list. I'm gonna what? play it, and then you can you can you can tell why I played it. Okay, here we go.
0: We got him on the spot
1: Welcome back No, but you told me when you were a kid Yeah Like you would watch the show mm-hmm. Because it was basically In the area where you were growing up
2: So I had Welcome back,
1: Cottage, the show
2: My dad uh, was kind of a rock star architect Okay But he also was, we found out later Bipolar So, and I'm not joking, I mean it So we moved before I was 10 years old seven times from city to city to city because he'd get these hotshot jobs but then decide, no, I don't want that one anymore. I want this one. No, no, I don't want this one. I want this one. I want this one. So we would just move and move and move and move. So we went from a suburb in Massachusetts to Brooklyn, New York. And I lived there from nine to 11 and I loved Brooklyn. I loved it. There I you know, I was a geek, right? I walked to the public library and I walked to the museum. At <laughs> like what age? Things that things that nine nine years, olds, nine years old nine year olds do, of course. But I, I just loved it. And um, and uh, Flatbush Avenue, uh, and when I saw Welcome Back Hotter on TV, it was when I was living there. So I thought, yeah, all shows are about kids in Brooklyn, right. you know? And the classroom didn't look similar to me, but but the credits did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I just thought, yeah. And then I also I think um, watching that guy joke around with his wife, watching Gabe, Gabe Kaplan joke around with his wife, Julie, before the show in, mm-hmm. in the kitchen is one of the reasons I married you, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I was like, oh. Yeah,
1: she was every bit as annoyed with his joking around it yeah. as you get to be.
2: Yeah, and then years later, uh, I have a new client, and uh, my friend said, oh, my friend Gabe needs a script consultant, mm-hmm. and Gabe Ka- Kaplan walks into my studio, and he is a client of mine, and then he became- My friend. A friend of yours. He's my friend. He is the nicest guy, and the most humble guy. He has no idea. Mm-hmm. He, I, I really don't think he understands the impact that that show had on people like me and so many people, Yeah, so many all my friends. Every, we all watched it. And how it influenced TV, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You know, so... Um, what? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. yeah, but that wasn't on my list, but when? you did take me I back there. I added that. Yes. I added
1: that. Yeah. I took you back. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I
2: was moving forward. I was in college at this point. People are like, oh, really? You took her all the way back to 10? She was in college. We got to college
1: jeez yeah i like when uh i've i liked uh when i've uh when i've had lunches with gabe oh i'm gonna pay oh, i'll get it <laughs> he should pay should pay he does pay i pretend like i'm gonna no it's cool oh, i'll get it i can do it but um he lives in the house that he bought with his welcome back cotter money and it's it's crazy it's crazy like it's whenever i when i've been to his house he will yell like i'll ring the doorbell and then he his office is above like the front door and he'll just yell out the window and go you know it's open let's come in (laughs) all right moving on
2: so let's get out of college um i moved to la when i was 22 um I, I think I've mentioned this on the, the show before. Um, a new boyfriend that I was with... Lots of boyfriends ...was talk. supposed to come with me and then failed to show up. But I really liked L.A. Good, I'm glad. I liked the weather. Um, I, it took me not long at all to realize that just because you're decent on stage does not mean that you can be in front of a camera. And it turned out I was the lousiest on-camera actress, like on the planet. I don't
1: think you were the lousiest.
2: No, 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 terrible. So, but again, even that didn't dissuade me. I'm like, you know what? I just like it here, maybe I'll do something else. So (laughs) while I was trying to figure out what else I would do, I, I was like a receptionist and all this. And one day this guy comes in selling the food and he was like all tan and stuff. He looked like he was like sort of a happy guy selling food and he was going off to Japan. And I hated my my job as a secretary. And uh, he goes, Ah, I need somebody to take my route. And I was like, I'll take your route. So I quit my job as a secretary. I took his job as a food delivery guy. And I came back to the same place that I quit selling food like the next week. And, <laughs> and like didn't even think anything of it. And how old are you again at this point? At this point, I'm in my 20s.
1: You're 22, right?
2: Well, I came out here when I was 22. I'd done a couple of different get- Oh, there you go.
1: Taylor Swift from the album Red. That's twenty-two.
2: Really, is that your palate cleanse from my dorky girly <laughs> sure, stuff? Sure. Is Taylor Swift one of the best concerts That's what I you ever got. Saw. Sure. So, so, long story short. So wait, when you know? Wait a minute. You, yeah. You're
1: glossing over things. Yeah. So you go back to the place where you just quit. <laughs> yeah. And and you're delivering a ham on rye. What yeah. I mean, and you're just not. You don't. You don't think a thing of it. I don't. And are people like P-
2: Pilar? Yeah. Are you the sandwich girl? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I'm I'm the one in this family that's supposed to be like the grown up, right? But in reality, this was a lot how I lived my life of like, huh, what? Yeah. Sure, I did this, you know, weird selfish thing. Okay. So, I, <laughs> so I, yeah, and I loved it. I loved being this food person because I always had food, and you know, I like food. Yeah. It worked half the day. You know, I like that. Anyway, so it was really fun. So I would just drive around L.A. with my cart in the back, you know, delivering food. And this song would come on the radio. And you know how everybody has that song that you just thrash to? Yeah. This was the song that makes me feel like L.A. and I'm in my 20s. I loved this. show tunes no show no. tunes red hot chili peppers should surprise I,
1: should i palate palette cleanse you with a it. show tune
2: you i know i know i know and i just remember going like i really did like the music of the 90s i had hated the music of the 80s and i was like no stop it you know what that song does to me stop it patrick francis dodson this was the only time I right ever now. saw
1: Pilar ball up in a movie theater in a in a raincoat and like almost get on the floor. I,
2: I, I can't stand it. It just it just makes me burst into tears. It makes me stop cry it. too.
1: I want to watch this movie with Rita.
2: Oh my god! No, no, we want to watch this movie with yeah, Rita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're we, not allowed we. to. I meant watch we. Watch it without me. I, mean, I know. I meant we. Yes. Stop. 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 Stop it. I learned that on the piano. And as I'm learning it on the piano, <laughs> crying. I'm crying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, um. No, wait a minute. Yeah.
1: You're, you're Hold on. Don't. Yeah. Stop steamrolling me. Okay. Sorry. The, uh, that was Red Hot Chili Peppers. Give it away.
2: Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. From Woo. Blood, Sugar,
1: Sex, Magic. We just, uh, we just saw a movie called Queen and Slim. Yeah. And Flea, the bass player from the Red Hot Chili Peppers in the movie. And he looks like he's 70. <laughs> He looks so. Flea looks so old.
2: He's so good, though. In that, he's very good. Who but, knew he was such a good actor? Who knew? Wow.
1: Who knew he was so old? <laughs> Stop. Plays a guy in his eighties in the movie. But he's just seventy. Okay, keep going.
2: Yeah. So I loved. I, I. Sort of, you know the. The the life that I lived in my twenties was very friends. It really was. I had a bunch of friends. We had keys to each other's apartment. Um, you know, I had this kind of a job. And then I started to script read. And uh, um,
1: tell us what script reading is. um, Don't assume we know anything.
2: So I started reading scripts for a production company. um, And you do a little book report about it. Like, is this, you know, what's this script like? Is it good or is it bad? And would you recommend that the company take it on? Um, and, uh, it's
1: gotta be more, it's gotta be more involved in that though.
2: You know, really those are the the basics of, of script coverage. And then you really have to be able to be a good critical writer to do this. And because in college I'd kind of gotten my academic crap together in, in college, I was a straight A student. Mm -hmm. I loved writing analysis of, of literary stuff. And that's actually how I, Got this first job, and then I took my samples to.
1: It doesn't and, seem like that's an easy job to get. Like I don't, I don't feel like you just walk well, in and, and they actually, let you read scripts. It, it's
2: sort of a long story, but I had recommended my friend Naomi for this job because I was a receptionist and I was like too busy. Right. right? And this was before I quit that, quit to become a food dude. So then she needed a reader. So then now I'm a food person. Now I have time, so I start reading. So she goes over to Amblin Entertainment and then hires me as a reader there. And then she's fired <laughs> because uh, I, love, I love Naomi, but, you know, she's yeah. not, not the easiest person to get along with. Sure. So she, cranky. She was a little cranky. So, so she gets fired and I stay as a reader. I stayed at Amblin Entertainment for years reading. And then when it became DreamWorks, I became a senior story analyst there. And really I'd been honing and honing my skills that way. I was also doing notes on existing projects and things like that. And that's when I started to teach.
1: Tell me one script that you read that you loved and you pushed it through and it actually got made and was successful.
2: Well, I like to take some credit for Saving Private Ryan because... It only came in as a writing sample. Wow! And I loved it so much. I was like, "Why aren't we actually making this?" And in my in my delusional head, it's you know that's when they sent it back in for coverage on the whole thing. So in my my well my myth, it's I discovered Saving well, Private Ryan, but I deal. don't know if that's actually true. Here's the deal. Yeah,
1: Saving Private Ryan might have been made down the line, but it might not have been made at DreamWorks. I
2: don't know. It was it was so. It was yeah. It it was one of those scripts where if you're in your 20s and you're being moved by World War II, right? And you're feeling what these these guys are feeling, you know it's it's good because it's, it's translating to everybody.
1: All right, let's sum up your uh, your 90s here.
2: So that was the, the 90s. was not on my list. Pat's that wasn't doing on your list. That. I'm augmenting. You're augmenting.
1: I'm augmenting with songs like that and Welcome Back.
2: So then I meet this guy and the fun and games of my 20s are over. No, I meet this guy when I'm 29 years old.
1: How old was I? I was a couple of years younger than he you at the time. He
2: lied and said he was 28 because he'd been lying for his comedy yes, career. I've
1: been lying in my comedy career in Chicago because when I moved there, I was like three years older than everyone, which as we know... Now, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> right. So like I was twenty eight, everyone else was like in their was like twenty five. So I, I just said, Oh yeah, I'm twenty five too. And then, then I then I wrote out that uh little white lie for uh for a
2: long time. But you told me T- only two weeks into knowing me because mm-hmm. I really didn't date any guy that was under 30 right. at the time. I was no. like, oh, God. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, did
1: I immediately, uh, mature when I told you that I was, uh, my I, real age? I,
2: I felt a little bit, I was like, oh, good. Because being 29 and dating somebody 28, I was like, this person isn't really. A- and
1: then you had to ask for my license to prove it.
2: Yep. 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 Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, so I, I, I meet you, um, We're both auditioning for a comedy. Did you tell the story? Well I think we've probably told this story. I don't know.
1: You're the one that never likes to tell it because you don't want anyone to know that you were dabbling. I
2: was dabbling in stand-up. And the reason is that I hadn't been on stage in years at that point. And I had gone back to do a tour of of uh, sorry, of Greece Mm -hmm. as Rizzo. A little bus and truck Florida tour. It was the worst. We had no money. It was awful. Josh Stolberg, my friend, directed it. He was a kid.
1: Now, Josh has been on the show, everyone. He, re- he wrote the Saw movies, including the one that it will be coming out with Chris Rock and uh, Samuel L. Jackson.
2: But so. he was a punk at the time. He's he was a in punk. his early, a, early 20s. Yeah. And, 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 and this was just a terrible production. But all that said, what freaked me out was I started getting stage fright in the middle of the show. I started getting debilitating like stage. Panic attack. Fright. Yeah, panic attack. And my voice, my it just shut off. Uh-oh. I lost my voice. It happened once, it happened twice. So I, I stopped singing. I stopped performing. And again, I wasn't trying to be a, a an LA actress or anything like that or, you know, but that inability to get back on stage at all drove me to a comedy class because I thought, you know, if something's gonna shake me out of this. It's going to be...
1: It's a good idea. I think that might be the the one and only reason to take a comedy class is just to get over like some stage fright or some anxiety.
2: Exactly. So I, I did that. It was really like just being thrown in the water because mm-hmm. you can't get more anxiety than that. And I liked it. I've kind of got the performing Jones again. And I, you know, I was in my 20s and I wore these little black dresses. So I was able to um, host places. I thought because I was so funny.
1: <laughs> probably more the boots and the skirts.
2: Exactly. So, uh, so yeah. So I was auditioning for Igby's Comedy Club. I see this guy looking at me.
1: Now I was auditioning too because I had moved, even though I had been do- doing stand-up for, five or six years and it was my, it was actually my job. When you move out here, no one cares. You still need to wait to get stage time. Mm -hmm. And you had to go to this Igby's club at like, I don't know, like noon or one o'clock in the afternoon. And you just had to wait in line.
2: And remember there was this lottery.
1: There was a lottery. They would then just waiting in line didn't mean a thing. They would take your name and then they would literally just draw it out of a fishbowl.
2: Well, to see if you could even audition to see because there were so many people there.
1: Yeah. And That's what the show, it was a showcase to audition to see if you could get sets there, get yeah. spots there.
2: And I remember thinking, and I think I have mentioned this on the show, I remember thinking this lottery for some reason felt really important to me. You were picked at the beginning, I was picked at the end and I remember being so relieved I'm like, why is this so important? I could just show up again but I it felt really important for some reason. And yeah, I'd noticed this guy kind of looking my way and I was like I am not interested in him, which was you mm-hmm. and uh, and then when I saw you at perform at the audition, you blew everybody away. you were the Funny is well.
1: Here's the deal. Here's oh the deal. I have to qualify all this. Uh Yes, I was. Yes. No. Here's the deal. E- everyone else that went on stage that night was relatively new. I was only better because I had experience and all that stuff. They
2: so, thought so, they were good so enough by, to be in a comedy club, right? They'd but by, by, by
1: comparison, by comparison, yeah, I I was I was the best that night.
2: So good. So I. I give Pat my phone number. Oh, yeah.
1: Pilar immediately comes up to me yeah. after the set, but after not, I did but not good.
2: because I, I want to date Pat again. I'm like, I'm not dating him, but I, I gave him my phone I number. Said, what are you talking about? I'm funny. I gave him my phone number because, uh, I was going to do a comedy showcase and we needed another guy. Um, and uh, uh, but I'm a girl. And so I gave him my phone number. Well, it turned out the guys I was with had already gotten somebody else. But Pat just keeps calling me. Yep.
1: <laughs> how about that?
2: <laughs> he that's, just That's literally
1: how I get that's literally me. the same way that I get guests and prizes for the show.
2: I'm oh, never mind. I was what, gonna what, put the air on and make it cooler. Well, I can put the air on It's getting hot in here because I'm talking about my man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, he's, so, he keeps calling me. I think we've mentioned this on the show, too, is that in a very weird collision of events, just prior to that, my friend had wanted to fix me up with a guy named Jimmy, which I had blown off that fix up because I didn't really need to be fixed up because I was dating a lot of people. I'm like, why am I going to go get fixed up? And that guy named Jimmy turned out to be Pat's roommate.
1: Right. He <laughs> <You laughs> dodged was, that bullet.
2: Which was really crazy. But anyway, so yeah, so Pat and I, he's, uh, Pat's unlike any guy I've ever dated. He is sweet and thoughtful and romantic. And What? he is not, like going out of his way to be edgy. As a matter of fact, he is the opposite. And all he I don't give
1: no shits about edgy.
2: All he lives to do is have fun. And he's just like this really bright light. And I uh I fall for him. The opposite of any person I'd ever been with. And uh I mean look I, I'll get a little bit personal. The first time we ever slept together, he got out of bed the next day what? and went to church. <laughs> I, had
1: to, I had to pray. I had to confess my sins.
2: I called up all my girlfriends. I'm like, this guy, we called you the Pope for like the longest time.
1: That's when I would, used to go to church. When I moved out here, my dad goes, promise me you'll keep going to church. I go, okay, I promise. And I don't really break a promise.
2: So So of course, Valentine's Day, he makes me a mixtape. Now, I don't remember if the song was on this mi- mixtape or on a couple of others that you gave me.
1: Probably on every one.
2: But I I love this song. I know you wished that you could do it for our wedding, but you'd already given that song to a friend I for gave his it to wedding. my my best
1: friend, Sean McKnight, and it, it, I, he's like, we really need a wedding song. And I go, well, you like John Wait? try this song out. And he's like, oh my God, that's perfect. So I, we couldn't u- really use it for our wedding then. So this is the song. And it's a, it's John Waite. It's a cover of a Van Morrison song. And here we go. If it'll play, now it won't play. All these years, now it won't play. <gasps> what
0: does that mean? I've been searching for a long time For someone exactly like you Been traveling all around the world, waiting for you to come through. Someone like you could make it all worthwhile. Someone like you to keep me satisfied, someone exactly like you.
1: Friend of the show, John Waite.
2: <laughs> That's right. He was one of your first guests. Your yep. first big, big time guest. What do
1: I have right up there? What is that? That giant frame. What is that?
2: Uh, John Wait. John Waite. John Waite.
1: It's four John Waite albums all framed together and everyone is signed. Yep. Because I have met him so many times.
2: Yep. You even took me to a John Waite concert. Did I? Mm-hmm. Yep. What, when was that? Uh, at a time when I would still go to concerts with you. I don't think I took you to see John Wayne. You did, you did, you did, you did.
1: I don't think I did. I know I took you to uh, Peter Wolf. Nope, and nope, you didn't promise like that one.
2: Promise, yep, John Wayne. Yep. I don't remember it. It was at a smallish club, yeah. Hmm. Well, fine, we'll figure that one out. All right. Um, but yeah, so I so meet you and one of these days, could we please do a podcast? When I dig out your all of your mixtapes and we do all of the songs oh that were God. on your mixtapes, please—they're all the music you like. And they were so sweet. Let's do it for like a Valentine's Day or Possibly. like a Valentine's oh, Day. Our, our anniversary's coming up. Oh, that's like too soon after that's this. That's too though. soon. That's after like this. next week. Yeah, right? Forget it. Yeah, never mind. No but, way. But some sometime
1: Valentine's Day.
2: Okay. All right. So 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 then uh, the years go by. I teach. I, you know, I, I'm all about the script stuff now. That's what I do. And I love it. Um, and uh, we have babies. And uh, those babies are awesome. And,
1: and they're giant. They're awesome, awesome, giant babies. They eat, awesome they eat babies. so much stuff.
2: Yep. And, I, uh, and so I would sing, you know, sing songs so that they would go to bed. And a song that I would sing actually to both of them is from a musical. And that musical was um, uh, My Fair Lady. And it's Wouldn't It Be Loverly. I would sing that song to them. But this is the Roseanne Cash version of that. It's really nice.
0: All I want is a room somewhere Far away from the cold With one enormous chair oh, wouldn't it be lovely And lots of chocolate for me to eat And lots of coal making lots of heat Warm face, warm hands, warm feet,
2: wouldn't it be lovely? Isn't that nice?
1: How come it's called Loverly, but she says lovely?
2: Because in the musical, it's by the the Cockney Flower Girl. Oh, and she okay. How oh, wouldn't it be loverly? Like that. All well, right. she doesn't. She says it better.
1: I'm going to palate cleanse just for uh, just because, for humor.
2: Just because I said it like that.
1: No, just for humor. Okay. Uh, this guy's not from Boston. It's the lead singer from Iron Maiden. This is Bruce Dickinson with Tattooed Millionaire. <gasps>
2: Ouch! My ears.
1: Yeah, oh, I think that's his song uh, for a band like Guns and Roses, hmm. who would just, you know, tattoo and limos and all the chicks. He's like, I don't, I don't want that. I just want to make uh, music.
2: I like that. Okay, yeah. well, I like the sentiment of it. I
1: like it. Yeah.
2: So the next song is is a kind of a weird song to be putting in here, but I really do love my work. I really, I. Over the years, got to travel all over the world teaching screenwriting and Let's TV writing. Let's list
1: it. Let's list it. Let's do it.
2: Uh, every continent except the one with the penguins.
1: London. Dublin. Come on.
2: Well, uh, wait, China. Like, Lisbon. Cape Town. <laughs> Vietnam. Um, yeah. Ho Chi Minh City. Um, uh, Cologne. Germany. Cartagena. Uh, yeah. Cartagena. Colombia. Colombia. Um, yeah. Rome. Um, Yeah. Everywhere, yeah. Uh, So I, I got to do all that. I got to, I, you know, I, I teach. I, it's, it's, I consult with clients every day with these wonderful stories from all over the world. I love what I do. Australia, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, so when TV got this resurgence, it kind of gave me this also this resurgence in my career and something else to teach and something else to dig into that I love. So when you and I started watching Damages, I think it was like 2011 or something like that.
1: 2009 is when, when the song came out, so I, I guess it was 2009.
2: This song would come up and it's how I feel that's de- that's apart from anything out on a personal level. Like this is like my mindset when I am reading certain things because there's a, you know, you have to read like a grown up to really dig into people's scripts, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a certain excitement and energy and even in a darkness that comes through with some things. And, and so this is this kind of a song gets me interested and excited about the state of TV and possibly film uh, right now.
1: And this song is called
2: When I Am Through With You. Oh no! (laughs) Almost knocked over a piece of equipment.
1: So Damages was with Glenn Close yeah. and Rose Byrne. And it was one of the um it was one of the earlier like bingeable. Bingeable, even though it was a weekly series, yeah. but it was one of those ones like um appointment television, like yeah, you were like, Oh my god, damages is on tonight.
2: It was so good and yeah, I mean, I know it's a rather dark song, but the theme song, like when mm-hmm. when when TV started getting grown up, it just got so interesting and yeah. exciting and, and dark. Yeah, exactly. And so that's Breaking
1: Bad, all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
2: I love I I love you know that's that's why my job stays interesting.
1: Here's how Pilar's week always goes. Like I'll <laughs> say I'll say like whatever show we might be watching. I'll just use Breaking Bad for an example, or, or, or Better Call Saul. I'll say. Oh, when you're when you, we can watch Better Call Saul tonight? She's like Better Call Saul. We just watched it. I'm like, no, that was a week ago. And I know. Like your week just <laughs> fled. like you, you're like flies. always like. Sometimes I don't even say it until like we're in bed and I'll go. Sugar, go, what do you want to watch? And I'll go. Want to watch Better Call Saul? <gasps> I forgot Better Call Saul's on.
2: <laughs> because just every day is just packed. It is packed. Um. What, what about my day today? I got to make my ties.
1: <laughs> Murray's coming. <laughs> What's next?
2: So, so, um, so about four years ago, my mom passed away. Um, and before she passed away, you know, my mom and I, as you can tell, she was extremely influential in my life and, uh, we joke about her and, you know, but
1: we joked about her yeah, when she was here too. Exactly. And we joked about her to her.
2: Yeah. We, we, we had our ups and downs, but. You know, I think everybody who's who's missed, who loses a parent knows that you still think about them every single day. Every day, I have a moment where oh, I want to call my mom, and I, I can't. You know,
1: but you get to call your daughter.
2: Exactly, exactly. In, in, in
1: college, yes.
2: And I do that sometimes. It's yeah. exactly what I do when yeah. I when I it gets. I'm like I could talk, I could call Ezra. Yeah. So I a very weird thing. She had gone into hospice. I was putting together a slideshow. We kept calling it for this party that my mom was having because, of course, my mom was arranging her own party, yeah. right? To, her her and wake. And she was arranging it. So I was um, I was doing this slideshow, and I needed some music. And I found this this Carly Simon version of You Are My Sunshine, and I put it over some of the slides, and it really worked for me. And, and no sooner had I put the music on it, and finished the slideshow then we got the the call that my mom had passed away and i showed the slideshow to Ezra and Ezra said oh you picked that song because of because of me and i was like no it just seemed like it, it fit what are you talking about and she said that's the song grandma always sang to me um, when that's you wild. when you were on you and Daddy went on trips and she was taking care of me, she always sang You Are My Sunshine. Oh that's gonna make me cry. Isn't that amazing?
1: All right, let's hear it. Here it comes.
0: Are my sunshine?
2: Any more of it, I will cry. I'll well, tell you what. <laughs> yeah.
1: Whenever we mention Carly Simon on this show, we have to play this. No.
2: Oh. On oh. the griddle as you drop that batter into that hot butter, round and
0: round, piping hot. Like it's not. What we got is hotcakes. Hubba hubba hubba. Puffing up fluffy and sweet. Look, I know about your crush on Carly
2: Simon. flip it. You know probably Simon is not going to walk in here and make you hotcakes I
1: think this is about making a baby, to be honest
2: Or make you a baby Not now
1: Hotcakes <laughs> See, I knew you were feeling a little sad after You Are My Sunshine So I knew if I played that
2: Well, I'm glad, thank you very much Now I'm feeling happy
1: Now I have. I, I would like to play the song I want to play to be played at my wake since since sedel your mom picked her song I I have, I have my song you ready yeah let me find a good version mm, right here it is it's the kinks waiting for it to play hold on a second honey the spinning wheel of death
2: oh no are you kidding yeah <gasps> of, of death because it it doesn't you doesn't want to play It doesn't want you to Doesn't di- want me to die Die
1: Here it is
0: Thank you for the day Those endless days Those sacred days you gave me I'm thinking of the days I won't forget a single day Believe me I bless the light, I bless the light, the light's on you, believe me. And though you're gone, you're with me every single
2: day, believe me. That's a lovely song. I like that song.
1: Days. That's my wake song. Yeah. It was either going to be that or Tattoo Millionaire, but I I picked this one.
2: I'll play it, honey. All right. (laughs) Because I'm planning on... I'm being around, but like I'm well, playing it like, yeah, you're going to die first, I'll yeah, play it.
1: men die early.
2: That's
1: <laughs> why so I want to get my steps in before it gets to be 110 degrees.
2: <laughs> Every day, Pat gets 10,000 steps. Yes, I do. If not more.
1: If not more. I do not. I've lost seven pounds during quarantine. I don't care what people say.
2: I have not. So... The the last song that I have. This is the last one. This is the last one. Um, so it's been having kids is amazing, right? Because is it? It's amazing. You <laughs> no, have it is. so so Rita. Now I have a, a teenager mm-hmm. who loves musical theater, who goes around singing all the time, who's the leads in her plays, um, and she's funny. And she is funny like her daddy, and. I took her to London a couple of years ago when I was teaching there and we saw Funny Girl. She loved it. We saw it, uh, the National Theater put it on. It was really, really good production of it. And so I, this is my last song because it feels very full circle to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, also, but also I'd like to make this uh, my theme song for my 50s, for the rest of my 50s. There you
1: go. So is this going to be the playout song, or are we playing out with this song? This uh, end this ends your story, but are we playing out with this song?
2: Sure, sure. It's definitely ends my story. Mm-hmm. All right,
1: so let's do some promoting first. Then,
2: yeah, let's go for it.
1: Where can we find you on Twitter? You're at
2: everything is at on the page at on the
1: page branded.
2: Oh yeah, all my stuff pretty much is all about. My business, so add on the page at Instagram on Twitter. It's all about the screenwriting classes and screenwriting tips and the interviews I have with, with writers and things like that. Um, I have a personal Facebook page, but I kind of keep it kind of personal. Personal, yeah, yeah. And
1: then you got Instagram also,
2: right? That's all add on the page, but right. but I would urge everybody to go to my website on the TV because if you ever want to take an online class, um, I. You know, I can just talk to you on Zoom now. Yep. It's pretty you can, cool.
1: You can take it from anywhere in the world.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
1: actually have a you have a listener in your class, Joe Beck, right now. Joe Beck, the international yeah. man of mystery. Joe Beck is taking your class right yes, now. Yes,
2: he has. He has.
1: And uh, what else was I going to say? Something else about you? I forget what it was. I love you.
2: I love you too. Let's turn these mics off. All right.
1: <laughs> um, we are at Rock Solid Show I am at Pat underscore Francis Go to rocksolidpodcast.com For all things about the show T-shirts, a link to the Patreon page And, uh, and that's it So The playout song Is, you want to introduce it? You didn't introduce it
2: It's from Funny Girl It's sung by Barbara Streisand And it's Don't Rain on My Parade
1: Alright, happy birthday Pilar Thank you Four days ago
0: Sir, so, at least I didn't fake it Hat, sir, so, I guess I didn't make it But whether I'm the rose of sheer perfection Or freckle on the nose Of life's complexion The cinder or the shiny